0: to the Word of God and um, we're in Proverbs chapter 13 Proverbs chapter 13 um, the verse that um, that I'm going to be speaking on is verse 7 and you know we think about poverty and uh, we think about uh richness, Uh, but I think it's important for us um, to really properly understand the meaning of the Proverbs. Uh, On the surface, it it appears to say one thing, but as we dig more into it, we begin to realize the message that is contained in that particular verse. You know, nobody wants poverty, right? Nobody wants to be poor. Everybody wants to be rich. And uh, so we're going to talk about this one particular verse. And we hope and pray that the Lord will touch your heart uh, this morning. And that you would be able to worship him in the most amazing way as you listen to the word. Now, I looked up the dictionary definition of poverty, and the poverty means the state of being extremely poor. Okay, uh, poverty is poverty particularly because there's there are riches, there's wealth, right? And so uh, I also looked up wealth, and wealth means abundance of valuable possessions or money, and so. Poverty is poverty because there's wealth, and then wealth is wealth because there is poverty, and they're contrasting. Um, And if everybody was in poverty, we would not know what wealth means, and vice versa. So it is important for us to understand both. In fact, it is needed for us to be able to understand uh, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 7. And and as we look at this, I think that... uh, Our mind is so saturated, our life is so saturated uh, in the context of money, stock market, uh, you know, all kinds of, um, uh, you know, the wealth that we see with our eyes, uh, we see in our bank accounts. Uh, And so sometimes our minds can just focus on those and nothing else. And it's very important for us to be able to really refocus um, our minds into the Word of God and allow the Word of God to really speak to us, right? And we often do not allow the Word of God to speak to us because we're thinking tr- very busy. We're very busy trying to uh, interpret the Word of God. But God's Word in um, its primary purpose is not uh, subject to interpretation. The God's word in its primary purpose is to speak to us and just hit us and just to impact us, right? And so we want to approach this particular verse in, the same, in that same way. But if I were to ask you, which would you prefer, poverty or wealth, what would you say? I don't know that there would be anybody. Uh, uh, within the the, the the voice of my, uh, you know, within my, the range of my voice, I don't think there would be anybody uh, that would prefer poverty over wealth. Although I have known some people um, that have sworn to poverty and they decided not to own anything. But, um, but then when you really think about it, that kind of poverty is a little different because they're counting on um, the provision of God, uh, and in fact, uh, their poverty really isn't, in s- it's so much a poverty, simply the fact that they don't own anything. I know, um, uh, I can tell you from my own experience, as most of you, you know, uh, knew my mother uh, before she passed away, went when home to be with the Lord, um, my mother really didn't own anything. Uh, she didn't have a house to her name. She didn't have a car. She didn't have much money, uh, and, and yet, you know, she was very well provided for. God provided for her. You know, she blessed her with children, and uh, she was very well provided for. So uh, sometimes uh, we, we talk in terms of poverty, uh, and we don't really know what poverty is because true poverty is something that I think very few of us, Uh, experience, but there is such thing as poverty. I've seen some, and uh, you can see some of that in in this area, in in the Philadelphia area, uh, and other parts of um, our country, as well as in other parts of the world, and it's very obvious. So, when somebody says, which would you prefer, uh, poverty or wealth, um, I don't expect anybody to say I prefer poverty, and it's quite okay. It is quite okay for each and every one of us to say, I prefer wealth. There's nothing wrong with preference there. Uh, In itself, it's something that perhaps uh, it's okay for you to desire. But it is a question that we need to ask of ourselves. What is it that we prefer? And so let's get into the the meat of things, and let's get into the word, uh, the text for today. And it says, One man... One man, pretends, one man pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. This man doesn't have anything. He's poor, but he pretends to be rich. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. So we, we have a situation where one person has nothing and lives his life as if he has a lot of wealth. But on the other hand, we have someone who's rich, has a lot, but lives like poor. So the word pretends is interesting. Now, I um, looked up another version of this, uh, this verse, and I, I went to King James' version. and you'll find, I think you'll find the, the, the difference in how it, they're expressed uh, interesting. The King James says, "...there is that maketh himself rich." yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet has great riches. So the expression is that uh, in uh, New International Version, it says the person pretends. But in King James it says, this person maketh himself rich. In other words, he, he, he intentionally does things. He forces something upon himself. And then he maketh himself poor. So Um, I think that it is between the two, you will get the true sort of uh, true um, intent or the meaning uh, of the original text. But we will focus, we will stay on uh, New International Version. But I thought it would be very interesting for us to look at King James Version as we begin. So what is ultimate poverty? What is ultimate poverty? How do we define it? How do we define ultimate poverty? And, and I want you to be thinking about the text, all right? As we think about the ultimate poverty, and there's one word answer to this. And that one word is this, pretentiousness. Pretentiousness is the ultimate poverty, is ultimate poverty. And, um, and I think one of the reasons why people pretend or engage in pretentiousness, is because they're very insecure. When you're insecure, what you want to do is you want to show your, the best side of yourself. You want to show the side that, that is uh, really presentable. Or even when it's not presentable inside, you, you put up things. You know, um, I, I talked about this, um, and that is, you know, I'm wearing a suit, you know. Uh, I, I can look pretty good in a suit. Um, Maybe some of you don't agree with that, but I think I can look pretty good in a suit. Um, And um, uh, wearing, wearing a nice suit can hide a lot of things right? So sometimes, you know, I go and meet people, business people, uh, some of the, some people that I, I need to meet, and, uh, and once in a while, depending on what I wear, they'll make a comment, wow, that's a nice suit, you look great in it, right? Now, that's a great compliment, and sometimes it's good to wear a good suit, sometimes, you, you know, it's great to be able to present yourself in such a handsome manner, but sometimes, you know, when you think about it, is there In any attempt to hide something, is there any pretentiousness in in this, right? Um, I can also tell you from experience that the insecurity sets in, and that insecurity within me uh, forces me to actually do things that is really not me. Let me explain to you what I mean. As you know that I practice law, and I've been practicing law for over 35 years now. And in the beginning of my law pr- law practice and career, what happened is that, um, you know, I knew very little. I had very little experience, uh, and yet I, I had clients coming in, and they were, you know, paying fees to get. Their work done, but you know, inside of me, I was very insecure because I had to learn everything, and I did not have enough experiences to be able to really show confidence uh, from you know from within. So what did I do? I pretended. I pretended to have experience, and and I I there was a lot of pretentiousness because I was very insecure about the fact that. I was, you know, was in a position to be able to really help somebody. And it wasn't really until, I, I've confessed this to a lot of my uh, uh, clients and uh, and and this is what I said, you know, for about, it wasn't until about five years later after I started the practice, that I began to feel internally more confidence. and And only then was I able to, you know, shed this pretentiousness to a degree. Not that I'm not pretentious at this point. I, I think there are probably many ways that I am pretentious even now. But, but I can remember those moments when I was truly pretentious uh, and it was because I was very insecure. And I think that you know some of you, uh, if, um, if not all of us, uh, have, have had those experiences where we really are not sure of who we are, what our identity is. And it is so critical that we have our identity uh, defined, identity uh, embraced, and identity uh, established so that we can truly um, be who we are instead of being pretentious. So today's text, is it appears to be telling us about uh, uh, the richness and the poor and, and the wealth and, and the poverty, but really, in reality, what it's really trying to tell us is that there is that pretentiousness. And that pretentiousness is the ultimate poverty. Ultimate poverty. And that comes from insecurity in all of us. And so, go back to the text. It says, one man pretends to be rich, yet he has nothing. Yet has nothing. So, you know, um, it, is, it is not unusual... For now, nowadays, now I'm much older, I'm much more experienced, um, and as I see people, I see that pretentiousness in a lot of people. And I continue to display my own pretentiousness as well. But it is now, it's so much easier to spot the pretentiousness. And as I speak to other people, I realize, oh, this person has experience. This person doesn't have experience. This person knows what he's talking about. This person doesn't know what he's talking about. This person is making things up. This person is being truthful. It is so much easier. And sometimes within, within a minute, maybe two minutes of the conversation, I can know whether this person is pretentious or not, and it's a, it's a devastating thing to be pretentious, devastating, because what you're doing is you're really, you're really lying to yourself. It, it really is a, it's a very damaging uh, to everyone who is very pretentious. So the pretentiousness applies to all aspects of life. You know, you can be pretentious uh, in owning a vehicle. Uh, some people, I, you know, remember, um, uh, I, you know, I have to say, you know, a lot of the Korean-Americans or the Koreans who live in Korea, they're very pretentious when it, come, when it comes to cars. And, uh, um, and they love owning their expensive cars, even though, you know, they really don't have the money to live in a house uh, that is sort of uh, um, commensurate with the, the value of the vehicle and so on and so forth. Or, there was a time when I, I was told many times by many different people, and I think I even uh, saw it in uh, newspaper articles that um, the, many of the young people, uh, plung, you know, uh, put up to fifty percent, sixty percent of their salary into a car, and that's ridiculous. That's a pretentiousness, and that applies everywhere. Uh, you go to a uh, meeting with business people, and they are uh, they. They look like they're really successful, but they really all look at each other and they're trying to figure out where everybody else, everybody else is, and trying to figure out who I should get close to, and, and so that I can benefit from that relationship. There's a lot of pretentiousness uh, in this world, and, it, and it, there's pretentiousness also in the family, uh, in the conversations. It can, it can happen anywhere, certainly in the church. And um, so we, we need to be very careful. And so one man pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Not just little, but nothing. Imagine that. Think about that. Then the opposite, what is ultimate wealth? What is ultimate wealth? So the ultimate wealth is one word again is humility. Now you might you might think wow where did you get that? So we'll see in a minute. But it's it's humility. Ultimate wealth isn't money. Wealth ultimate wealth isn't house, or land, you know, airplanes, or cars, or stocks, bonds, you know, anything else like that. But ultimate wealth is humility. You see it's it's the person who has the most, who has who is secure in his person uh, is the one that's going to be humble. And so, again, um, poverty relates to insecurity. Uh, humility relates to security. When we're secure in what we do, in secure in, in who we are, uh, then uh, we can have the luxury or the leisure or the margin with which to... Uh, to to, uh, to stoop down or kneel down or get down uh, to uh, to the uh, another lower level to a, another person that is weaker smaller and someone who needs help you see um, security is so important security in our own identity and and uh, I, I, we will see that there was a, there was a person there is a person that uh, was so secure in his uh, identity that he was able to do some amazing things, we'll see that. So I wanted to ask you, how secure are you? How secure are you in your own identity? Um, And because that will really um, determine uh, whether you're wealthy or whether you are poor, you see? And so go back to the text, the second half of the text. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. Um, And that's where the humility comes from. Another pretends, another makes himself poor, even though he has a lot of wealth. And therein lies humility, because... I think that people that know that they have everything that they would need to do whatever they need to do, you know, they will not uh, bend rules. They will not stoop down to, uh, you know, unethical things or the demands of the uh, people that are not proper. Uh, And so another pretends to be poor because he acts as poor because he is very secure in his own person. And then humility, obviously, applies to all aspects of life. And someone who is humble uh, has great wealth. Um, You know, I know some people that are truly humble. I know a man, uh, I'm not going to disclose his name or even the context, but a man uh, is a multi-multi-millionaire. Multi-multi-millionaire. But every time I see him, I see the semblance of humility, you know, and I see him not um, uh, asserting his power, asserting his authority, asserting his uh, influence because he was a big donor. He was a big giver. No, not at all. In fact, most, most of us who were very close to him never knew for a long, long time that he was a major giver. He was a big giver because he never acted that way. He acted so humble, humbly that no one knew. You see, it is possible for this man to be able to do that because his, his identity was very secure, and his identity was very secure, and we'll talk about it later in Christ Jesus. And so it applies on every aspect, and it's great wealth, and he commanded a lot of respect from everybody else that I knew um, and with him, And um, um, and so it is so important for us to really get into this text uh, in this context of pretentiousness and humility. So, are you pretentious or humble? What do you think? You know, put your, you know, uh, put your hand over your heart and, and ask yourself, am I pretentious or am I humble? Where am I? Who am I? And it's really important for us to understand that because the pretentiousness and humility don't go together. They're a complete opposite of each other. When there is rising of the pretentiousness, there's going to be a decreasing of humility and vice versa. As humility goes up, the pretentiousness goes down. And so you can have one or the other. You cannot have both. And so you really need to ask yourself whether you're pretentious or you're humble, right? And um, then, how would you know if you're pretentious or humble? Um, I mean, there has to be a basis upon which to know. Although I would venture to guess that you would know if you were really honest. If you reflected yourself uh, upon the Scripture, you would know what you know what you are. Um, and um, you know, one of the most challenging things about preaching the Word of God is that it's like a mirror. You're looking into it, and you're, it's like seeing yourself. The person who is delivering the message is probably at, at its, um, the most guilty of the things that he is preaching. So how would, I, how would you know, though? How would you know whether you're pretentious or you're humble? The way you know it is if you can determine whether you are poor or rich. Now, by the time we're, you know, we're going to a little bit farther, you might be thinking that I'm playing with words. No, I'm not. I, I just want you to be able to follow this very carefully. In order for us to know whether you're pretentious or you're humble, you must first know whether you're poor or rich. And so, ask yourself this question, are you poor or rich? Now, it's not a trick question, but some of you may be thinking, well, you know, well, on the one hand, I'd like to say I'm poor, because Pastor Sam is probably just talking about spiritual things and the heart condition. So I want to be able to say poor. But then on the other hand, wait a minute, you know, there's something else that I can see on the horizon. Maybe he is just trying to confuse us. No, no, no. I'm not trying to confuse you, but it is a question that you have to ask. Are you poor or are you rich? You have to know. If you don't know, then you get into all kinds of trouble. Your identity is insecure. Are you, do you have an identity of poor, or do you have the identity of the rich? It's really important for you to be asking this question. And what makes you, and if you're going to determine that, what makes you poor or rich? You know, we often think that, or you know, uh, properly so, that the wealth, the money... All these things, material things, uh, you know, make us rich or poor. But I will tell you that I think that the Proverbs chapter 13 verse 7 is not really talking about money here. I think it's talking about something entirely different. And what the text is really telling us is that there's something else that makes us wealthy. There's something else that makes us poor. And that is your worldview. It's how you view the world. It's how you uh, view the world through the lens of the scripture. How you see the heart of God. How you see how God is working in your life. As opposed to just seeing the world with your naked eyes. And just making an assessment of the world. And listening to the experiences of others. And not reflecting back upon the scripture. It is really important that, it's, that we understand that as As Proverbs talks about the fact that one man pretends to be rich and yet has nothing, right? Um, And another pretends to be poor yet has great wealth. We're not really talking about wealth here. We need to understand that. We're talking about perspective. We're talking about philosophy. We're talking about faith. We're talking about how we relate ourselves to God and how God relates with us. That is what determines whether you're poor or rich. And so let's ask this question: What type of person are you? You know, there's all kinds of people in this world. I mean, in this world. And, and I just say to you that you know we probably fit into um, one of these. Uh, but in, in terms of race, in terms of ethnicity, in terms of who we are. But let's take a look: what kind of, uh, what type of people uh, that we can be. Well, first of all, there are those that are rich, right? And there are those that are poor. Um, And and in fact, these people are obviously rich, and these people are obviously poor. And you can look at them, and you can say, wow, yeah, that person is rich. Oh, that person is poor. And, And no one has to even analyze it. We just can tell, it's obvious on the surface, and it's just right there, and uh, all you have to do is take a look, and one is rich, the other is poor. Now, there are people like that. There, if you go to um, some parts of the center city, uh, you see a lot of people that are homeless, you know, um, and most of the homeless people are very poor. Uh, and if you go to the Kensington area, you're going to see a lot of poor people. Uh, but yet, at the same time, we, see, we know a lot of rich people. Bill Gates, right? Uh, we, we, know, we know Jeff Bezos. Uh, we know Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, we know Warren Buffett. These are very rich people. They know they're rich. We know they're rich. Everybody knows they're rich. And they're obviously rich. And then there are people that are obviously poor. Okay? And what, what about you? Are you obviously a rich person? or obviously a, a, a poor pe- person. So there are many types of people in this world, but this is one type, right? And there's another type. Um, rich people living like a rich per- people, right? Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Rich people living a life of richness. Um, and, you know, we can't blame them. They have the money, and, uh, in fact, when they buy an expen- expensive car by our standard, or, in fact, sometimes it's an impossible thing for us to be able to buy some things in terms of, you know, our ability to pay for it. But for them, it's just a pocket change. And so for, for a rich person to be able to buy a home that's $10 million, $40 million, $100 million, you know, it's, it's something very normal. It's something uh, usual. It's something that, you know, nobody can fault. And in fact, we read articles about that. We kind of enjoy reading it and dream about it. Someday, perhaps, I can live in a hundred million dollar home. You know, maybe we do that. Uh, and then maybe those articles are carried in the, uh, in the magazine so that it can, you know, attract a lot of subscribers. Because we fantasize those things, right? So, but the idea is that it's very normal for rich people to live a life of richness. And it, it's, it's, it's very similarly uh, on the other side. Poor people, uh, it's very uh, usual, uh, normal for poor people to, to live like they're poor. Now, not that they want to be poor, not that they desire to live that, like that, but their circumstances, their situation forces them to live only in such a way. They're not going to be able to you know, buy a Mercedes. They're not going to be able to live in a you know, nice condo, a high-rise condo. They're not going to be able to do that. And they, even though they might have the yearning, um, they, they're not going to be able to do that. And so it's, it is nothing unusual for rich to... Um, Act like rich? Uh, There's nothing wrong or nothing unusual about the poor um, who act like poor? So this is another type of person, right? So I I want you to think about this. But then there's another type of person. Poor but act rich, right? the, The people that are poor but act rich. And then people who are rich, but act poor. Now, Now this is an illustration of the story, a famous story of the, um, I think you, you probably have guessed it already, the prince and the pauper. Now, now, which is the real prince? Which is the real pauper? Is it prince and the pauper? Or is that the pauper and the prince? We don't know for sure here in this uh, picture. But the idea is that they switch their places. And the poor is living like rich, and the rich is living like poor. And, you know, we all romanticize this, but the reality is um, it's, it's something that is pointed out, pointed out uh, in today's text as pretentiousness. Pretentiousness, you see? And it's important for us To recognize, you know, how we, where we come in, uh, in in these type of uh, people, and how we understand uh, the minds and hearts of the people and different people uh, in, in our life. So now then do you know if you are poor or rich? Now that I've given you some materials, now do you know if you are poor or rich? well, you know, you, you have to ask a lot more questions. Well, what does that mean? You know, why, how, where? You know, you, you, you ask all kinds of questions relating to trying to determine whether you're poor or rich. Now, if you um, don't have any, you know, money in your bank account, does that make you poor? Um, if you own a business, uh, and you have a hundred employees, does that make you rich? Well, it all depends. Um, if you may not have much money in the bank account, but if you have a, if you have a steady uh, job, steady income somewhere, you may not be all that poor. But if you have a hundred employees, but if you, if you get into trouble and you are constantly in debt, you're in millions and millions of dollars in debt, then you may very well be poor. See, You see, the idea is that you really, at some point, have to come to grips with this idea of being poor and being rich. How do we do that? And where do we stop? So what I wanted to do is this. I wanted to introduce to you a man. As I promised earlier, a man, and I'm I'm wondering if you know this man. And as I'm describing this man, I, I want you to think about who this might be. So this is the description of the man. A man who is rich, but gave up his riches to make the poor rich. Do you know someone just like that? He not only gave some of his rich... But he gave it all so that all of his riches made the poor rich. Who is this person? I'm sure many of you have already guessed it correctly. It is Jesus Christ. Paul described our Lord Jesus Christ as this man. Take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ... That though he was rich, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. So that you, through his poverty, might become rich. It's one of those amazing passages that we need to really understand. You see, it is the richness has to do with understanding this particular passage. Because our richness is not based upon wealth, but our richness is based upon the gift that is from our Lord Jesus Christ. Being the creator, the owner of everything in the universe, the master, the king, this Jesus came to this earth, and he went to the cross, he bore all of our sins and he died poor in the process he poured his life he poured his spirit into us that we might be rich we might be rich for our sakes he did that is that your richness because if you if that is your richness then then this text makes whole lot of sense. One man pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet he has great wealth. So did you know? It says in that passage, 2 Corinthians 8, 9, for you know you know and you must know, you have to know, you, you are required to know that it is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that allowed us to become rich. Even though we were in poverty, even though we were in absolute poverty, it is by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is something that you have to know. Because if you don't know, then you don't have the relationship with Christ. Because it starts from there. It starts with the knowledge of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because it is only when you have this knowledge, you have security of who you are. When you only, only when you have this knowledge, you have the security of the knowledge of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has given us Everything. Our, our uh, identity is wrapped around who Christ is. I- identity is established by what Christ has done for us. It is secure, therefore, we're rich, and therefore, we are able to serve others just like the way Christ served others. Because ultimately, there was nobody who was more secure in his identity than Jesus Christ. If we're going to be the followers of Jesus Christ, then we need to understand not only who He is, we need to understand who we are. We need to embrace who He is, we need to embrace who we are. And that allows us to have security in the identity of the relationship with Christ. So did you know? Did you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? So, interestingly, this verse, this text, main text, is calling us to know this knowledge, to have this knowledge, to have, be secure in who we are. Because that is the only way that we, can, we, we don't have to be pretentious. This is the only way we can be humble. So, now, let me ask you are you poor or rich? Are you poor or rich? You know, many of us struggle with money. And there was a time period when I really, really struggled with money. And I don't even have the time to tell you all the struggles I had. But there was a time when it was, it was a terrible time in my life, financially. And it was a big struggle. It was a monumental struggle. And you know... The reality is most people didn't even know. Even the people that are closest. You know, I, I hid the fact. In fact, sometimes I try to give them a hint, but they never saw it. In fact, if, even after all this, the terrible time has passed, when I talk to them about it, they say, well, you know, we never noticed it. I don't know whether that's a good thing or not. I think that I was very pretentious. I think I was hiding the fact that I was suffering I could have probably been more transparent. But regardless, there was a time when I really felt the pressures of money and finances. So are you rich or poor? You see, the ultimate poverty is pretending that you are going to heaven when you have no basis to claim it. You know, you see a lot of people like that in this world. You go out into the world, you go outside the church, you go outside the people that are in the circle of believers, you go outside and and they are saying, I'm going to heaven. And we say, tell me or show me how you can go to heaven. Oh, they say, you know, I will. These are the most pretentious people there is. These are the people that claim to be rich, yet they've got nothing that's ultimate poverty. And we see so much of it. And we need, our heart must go toward them. Our Must go out to them. We have to be able to look at them and say, Listen, here's the gospel of Jesus Christ. The rejection, therefore, of the cross is pretentiousness at its worst. Anybody who rejects the cross rejects the work of Jesus, the redeeming work of Christ, the atoning, atonement of our sins, the rejection of it is the greatest pretentiousness there is. On the other end, the ultimate humility is to accept the offer of the richness that comes from Christ. The richness, ultimate humility... Because it is the acceptance of the cross, the shameful cross, the cross on the on Calvary, is the acceptance of that cross, the work, the ministry of dying, the ministry of serving of our Lord Jesus Christ is the humility at its best. So if you haven't accepted the cross, if you haven't accepted the work of Christ. It is now the time for you to do that. Don't be pretentious. Don't claim that you're going to heaven. Don't think that just because you've been part of a church. Just because you've read scripture from time to time. Just because you pray when you are in trouble. Doesn't mean you're going to heaven. When you're going heaven is when you have accepted the cross. When you have said, oh Lord, forgive my sins. And you are my Lord and Savior. And when, when you do that. When you finally are able to come, to come to grips with your reality. Your own identity. When you become secure in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is when you become so rich. And become so, so ultimately wealthy. That you can display your humility. You see. This is wisdom. This is why this particular verse, verse 7, One man pretends to be rich, yet another person pretends to be poor. Well, this particular verse is in Proverbs. Because this is wisdom. So as as we close now, let's all come together to pray. And as we pray, we want all all of us to truly understand our own identity, accept our identity that is all wrapped around around by Jesus Christ. And, And Father, we ask that you would help us to see that our poverty there's so much of poverty in us. There's so much poverty out there. There's so much poverty. There's so much of it, Lord, that we sometimes don't even notice it. But Father, I pray that you, because you made us so rich, because you made us rich by the the death of our Lord Jesus Christ, by the redeeming work, the atoning, the, the work of Jesus Christ, that you, you have taught us what it means to be to have suffered poverty. So, Father, I pray that you would help each and every one of us to be able to come before the Lord and come and confess our sins and be able to say, Lord, I truly know you. I truly am thankful, and I truly accept the offer of the richness that comes from you, that is from you, because you died on the cross for my sins. And this acceptance would allow us to experience the humility, the richness, the wealth of, this, of, of the kingdom. Father, I pray that you, you, as we lay our hands upon our children, Lord, I pray that you would bless them abundantly. Allow them to experience humility. Allow them to know Christ. Allow them to accept Jesus Christ. Allow them to accept the work of, the, work of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. Father, allow them to come and kneel down and be humble. And Father, I pray that you would use them for your kingdom, your kingdom's sake. Father, we thank you for our time of worship and ask that you be with CLC and those others who are participating in the worship with us. And Father, I pray that you would uh, be their God, that you would cause each and every one of us to be humble, each and every one of us to be truly respond to your call, allow us to grow together, and we ask that you would bless our time and bless our week to come. And bring us back, Lord, safely. Now may the, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of the Father and the fellowship and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen.